The London Knights are set for a jam-packed three games in three nights. It's all part of junior hockey, and this is the first one of the season for the Knights. What do you know? It begins in Peterborough. A rematch of the Knights and the Peets, a rematch of last year's OHL Championship Series. It will continue back at Budweiser Gardens against the Kingston Frontenacs on Friday the 13th, and then finish up in Sarnia with a rematch of the Western Conference Final from 2023. My name is Mike Stubbs. Kyle Grimard is away on this edition of the podcast, but we're going to hear from Easton Cowan. He is back with the London Knights. We'll hear from Denver Barkey and also Michael Simpson as he prepares to meet his old team in a place that he has very good memories of. Well, now he goes in as a member of the London Knights. We'll also tell you how things have been going for Peterborough for Kingston, and for Sarnia. This is episode 76 of The Night Shift. You can follow me on socials at Stubbs980. You can follow Kyle Grimard at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. Well, why don't we begin with the return of Easton Cowan. The London Knights have been without him to start the season because he has been with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Their first-round pick showed himself so well in rookie camp, leading the Leafs in scoring at the Traverse City Tournament. And then he started the preseason, and he ended up with a goal and two assists, and he has a lot of people excited about what he can do for the Toronto Maple Leafs. We are going to talk with Easton Cowan in just a couple of minutes and get his thoughts on training camp. He met with the media after returning to London and comes back ready to go, fired up, ready to be a part of the Knights again for 2023 and 2024. But what we have to do is focus in on the fact that the Knights add Easton Cowan at a pretty key time. They add Easton Cowan after playing probably their most complete game of the season against the Guelph Storm. The Storm came in as the final perfect team in the standings. They were 3-0-0. They had just beaten the Erie Otters 8-0, and the London Knights wound up knocking off the Storm by a score of 4-1. There was just the right amount of physicality in that game. And we had a chance to talk with Denver Barkey about what he saw because Barkey not only was a part of the physicality, but he was a guy who scored twice and added an assist. I think that just shows our character that we have in the room. Um, we, we, we hadn't played a full 60 um, yet this season until that Saturday. Um, and I think that shows our, our resilience as a group and, and our team kind of values that we have. And I think we really came together for that game and put in a full team effort for all 60 minutes. So I was super happy with with everyone and how they contributed and obviously um, good to get my first goal out of the way and, and yeah hopefully continue to keep it rolling into this weekend the first goal of a season a lot like the first goal period sometimes yeah yeah obviously i didn't score for the first uh four, four games there so um, good to get that one out of the way good feeling and yeah like i said hopefully we can keep it rolling denver barkey who will be reunited with Easton Callen. Those two have played so well together throughout their junior careers. They get the nickname of the Twins. They were skating on a line with Max McHugh at practice, so we'll see if that line goes together against the Peterborough Peets. The London Knights also have another addition. They have picked up another free agent, and it's somebody who already has a tie to the team. Sawyer Bolton is now a member of the London Knights. He is Ryder Bolton's brother. He's been playing in Rochester. He's 19 years old, brings physicality and toughness 
to the team. If one Bolton was making things happen on the ice, imagine what the Knights roster will be like with two Boltons as Sawyer Bolton joins the OHL. A season debut for Easton Cowan. Before we look ahead to Peterborough and Kingston and Sarnia, let's hear from Easton Cowan. He gets to take us back through how things have gone for him over the last month, spending a month in the National Hockey League. You do an awful lot of learning. You see how that level goes, what it takes, and that's where we begin with Easton Cowan. Just the education you pick up in the National Hockey League. I learned a lot. You know, I was there for a, a month. Uh, room to Fraser Minton. Uh, he deserves, you know, everything he's gotten. I'm really happy for him. Uh, I learned a lot there. Uh, happy to, you know, bring it back here, show the young guys, you know, the little steps it takes, you know, make that next jump. And uh, obviously when I heard him coming back to London, you want to make that team. But at the same time, you know, they got a plan for you. And it's kind of like the Knights and Kamoka and stuff. So they got a plan for you, and you just got to trust that and keep working hard. Easton, how big are those little steps? You talk about little steps, but what sorts of things happen in those steps? Yeah, like getting up early, going to bed early, uh, eating meals, taking care of your body, steam room, hot tub. I'm not a big cold tub guy, but a bunch of guys are. But <laughs> Are you more of a cold tub guy now? No, I didn't even touch it. I'm more of just chilling the jacuzzi, the hot tub, and uh, rest those legs. But, yeah, like I said, just the little things and – preparing your body uh, not just on the ice but off the ice and stuff it's it's really huge there at the next level can you talk to us about the picture the picture of you knocking on the glass and mitch marner standing there and then years later there you are and you're on the ice and mitch marner and austin matthews are on the ice with you you know as the shifts kind of combine yeah uh not much to be said just pretty speechless honestly i remember going there with my dad and my uncle so that was a great game, you know, that rink and then playing there and, you know, walking out through the restaurant there. There's glass door and stuff. Pretty special. And I'm just really happy, you know, the Leafs, you know, believed in me and trusted me. It was a really special moment. What was your favorite part of that experience the last month? Uh, probably Saturday night hockey in Montreal. Uh, you know, you grow up watching Leafs first, you know, Habs. And to be able to play in one of those games, even if it is preseason, uh, it was cool going up against, you know, Suzuki, who I used to train with in London. And, Cole Caulfield, you know, he's not a he's not, you know, the biggest guy like me, but he, he gets it done. So that, that was really cool. Your first preseason game, you never know how things are going to go. It seemed almost instantly you've got a penalty shot, then the power play goal happens. Can you take us through any of those moments? Yeah, obviously, you know, you get to the rink, and I wasn't expecting to be in the power play, and I saw my number in the bumper on power two. So uh, that was pretty cool. You know, they trust you, and getting on the power play and stuff, you know, you get your touches and you get that confidence. So. Uh, penalty shot, felt like, you know, used my speed, uh, drew a penalty shot and just missed my spot there. The goalie made a good save, but felt like I redeemed myself pretty good. And then the puck comes to you in the slot. Take us through what you saw. Uh, I've, last year I always worked on, you know, those little shots of Dilly Hunter, so credit to him. Uh, you know, teaching me to, you know, kind of get the puck off quick in certain ways and uh, I tried to raise it on five holes, so <laughs> kind of just take it as it comes, right? That's the Bo Horvat goal, right? Yeah, that's, that's what Horvath he used to say. Yeah, he said yeah. Bo Horvat was good in the slot, so he kind of just, you know, it's kind of like a sweep, but uh, he usually goes top right. I went fan on it five holes. So. Did, with, with, with John, Mitch, and and, um, and Max there, did, was there London Knights chatter that we were promised in, oh, in yeah. the room? Yeah, yeah, it was great. All of them, you know, being supportive of me. Everyone was there, so it was great. And Marner and Domi and Tavares always talk about their London days, and uh, it was, it's just funny, you know, even the guys that played in the O, like Bertuzzi, you know, for Guelph there, everyone talks about the O, they love it, so 
uh, just kind of going to enjoy the year here. And obviously, you know, we got something in mind and take it day by day. Easton Cowan, now of the London Knights. So let's turn to the weekend, which for the London Knights begins on a Thursday, October the 12th, the first three in three. And they're going to be facing teams that are not playing three games in three days. Sarnia will be playing their second game in as many nights when the Knights come to town as fatigued as you are going to get in the Ontario Hockey League. And the Peets and the Sting are a couple of teams that made a lot of moves to go for it last year. And their rosters are different this year. They are missing some of those key contributors. There is no Tucker Robertson on the Peterborough Peets anymore. And he was a big factor for the Peets last year. They do have Owen Beck back. But the thing about the Peets and the Sting, they haven't exactly sat around the bottom of the standings to start the season. The Peets have played three games, but they're above 500. The Sarnia Sting have played five games heading into action this weekend, but they are above 500. So if we focus in on the Peets, the Peets ended up winning the first two games of their season and then lost 4 nothing to the Sudbury Wolves. That was Owen Beck's first game back from the Montreal Canadiens. And you would think, wow, Owen Beck comes into a lineup that's 2-0. and Look out. Well, Sudbury clamped down on Peterborough and knocked them off four to nothing. That kind of thing is going to happen. We talked with Dylan Hunter in the last podcast about some of the adjustments coming back from the National Hockey League, something that Easton Cowan will be facing. So Owen Beck is back. They still have Jax Dubois and Chase Lefave. Jonathan Malie was injured for much of the playoff run last year for Peterborough, but he is certainly a factor this year. So these guys were not maybe top line guys. Now they are. And now they certainly have to fill in the role of players who scored a lot of goals for Peterborough. So that's going to be the big question for the Peterborough Peets. On defense, you've got Sam Maye, you've got Donovan McCoy, you've got Connor Smith. So you've got great size in Maye and Smith. Donovan McCoy is someone who will dictate the pace of play, will add in some offense, very athletic. So the Peets have that going for them as well. And then, remember, they were able to add Zach Bowen to Liam Stushka. So they've got a good goaltending tandem as well. So the Peterborough Peets, as much as you win a championship in a league and sometimes you have to step back a long way the next year, Peterborough may not step back all that much. Michael Simpson goes into Peterborough for what could be a, an emotional night, what could be a, a very interesting night for him, unlike most other games that he will ever play, playing against teammates that he won a championship with. And we had a chance to ask Michael Simpson his thoughts going into the game against Peterborough. It's obviously exciting. Like, you know, I spent, well, I guess, really three years there with COVID, and um, it's a little weird, I think, to be going back there and playing on the other side. and. I think, like, even, like, the Peterborough media has been asking me questions about it, and, uh, like, the last time I played, like, a real game was kind of when we won, so I think I think the emotions are going to be pretty high going back, but, um, you know, it's just another game, I guess. Do uh, you talk with your teammates at all, your former teammates about, like, are you texting at all going yeah, into it? I, t I talked to a bit of a, a couple of them, like, me and Liam Stutzka, the other goalie last year, are pretty tight, so we talk a lot. Don McCoy was one of my good buddies last year, so... We, he, like, they've been kind of giving it to me a bit and just saying, like, Sam, like, McHugh's brother, I drove him every day, so he's been saying he's going to score on me and stuff, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's lots of stuff, and, um, but, you know, I think it's, I think it's going to be a special game and, um, you know, hopefully going there to win and I think kind of soak it all up after the game, hopefully. London Knights goaltender, Michael Simpson. 
If we continue to look ahead at the weekend, we'll have the Pete's and the Knights for you on 980 CFPL starting at 6.30 with the pregame show. And then it will be the Knights coming right back home. They'll arrive home in the wee hours of the morning on Friday and then have to get themselves right back up to play the Kingston Frontenacs. And the Frontenacs are a club that has been winning some and losing some this season. It's kind of been the mantra of Kingston for a while. They've really been looking for that consistency. This is now Ethan Miedema's team. Kingston made the move last year, sending Shane Wright to the Windsor Spitfires. The biggest piece in that trade was Ethan Miedema. And he has come out and has done exactly what the Kingston Frontenacs would expect from him in the early going. Ethan Miedema has four goals and four assists for eight points in five games going into Thursday night's action where the Kingston Frontenacs are going to be in Windsor taking on his former team. So a big storyline for that game. But he's getting some help. Linus Hemstrom has been good offensively early on. And then you've got players like Matthew Soto and Christopher Thibodeau. And if these guys take a big step, look out because they are really skilled players and they can make things tough on an awful lot of teams. You've also got Gabe Frasca in the mix. And then on defense, Jacob Holmes adds that offense from defense that maybe Kingston has been lacking at times. So there's a lot to like here. Paul Ludwinski provides good leadership for the Kingston Frontenacs. A lot of their questions come on the back end where maybe they don't have as much experience. Mason Vicari is their goaltender, and he's played all games in goal heading into Thursday night. The Frontenacs are giving up almost three and a half goals per game, and that's something that they might want to bring down. That game is a 7 o'clock start at Budweiser Gardens. And then the London Knights finish up the weekend against the Sarnia Sting. And the Sting, maybe more so than any other team, more than the Peterborough Peets, had players that graduated and players that absolutely led them. Their defense core is almost entirely different. Lukas Fischer is back on defense, but he was somebody who, as a 16-year-old, was not playing huge minutes he was somebody that even at 16 was a key contributor for the Sarnia Sting, but not necessarily counted on to do what he's been doing so far this year. And he has been absolutely outstanding for them. But they've made a lot of changes. And when you look at the players that they had last year in the playoffs who were carrying things for Sarnia, you are talking about players like Sasha Pastajov and Ty Voigt and Luca Del Bell Belouz, and these players are no longer there. And then on defense, Ryan Mast, gone. Ethan Ritchie, gone. Nolan Dillingham, their captain, gone. Ethan Del Mastro, huge addition, gone. Christian Cairo, gone. So that's the change in goal. And now they have made a deal to send Ben Godreau to the Erie Otters, and they got Nolan Lawn back on paper and then quickly traded him to the Saginaw Spirit, picking up draft picks this week, a third, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. So a good haul for Ben Godreau, ultimately. But now the goaltending falls to Nick Serzicha and Carson Chartier. So one of the things that you wondered about the Sarnia Sting was where was their scoring going to come from, losing that many players? Given the style of play of a lot of players on their roster, they were going to be a hard team to play against. You knew that. But who was going to score? Well, in their three wins this year, and again, they played five games heading into the weekend, 
Their three wins have seen them score six goals, seven goals, and eight goals. So the scoring has been there for the Sarnia Sting. Maybe unexpectedly, but it has been there. They scored seven goals against the Sioux Greyhounds. They have two wins against Windsor, scoring six goals and eight goals. And it's been Marco Sikic and Tyson Doucette who have largely been doing that. Sikic has five goals in five games. Doucette has four goals in five games. And Andrew LeBlanc, remember, he was a first-round pick of the Kitchener Rangers. He really seems to have found a great spot in Sarnia, where he's got a goal and five assists. He's doing the things that he was always expected to do offensively in the Ontario Hockey League. And so this Sting team not only is hard to play against, now they're finding guys who can provide offense. And so this should be a fascinating matchup on Saturday night. Again, that's another 7 o'clock start, and we will be on the air at 6.30 with the pregame show. Before we close out, one thing we didn't talk about on the last podcast was the ice resurfacing machine incident. And this is a story that you need to hear if you didn't know that this went on. So the first period ends between the London Knights and the Guelph Storm on Saturday night. And these two teams are in their respective dressing rooms and everything's going on normally. And the clock that would count down to zero from 17 minutes to signal the start of the second period stops with 14 minutes and 30 seconds to go. And it doesn't budge. And about five minutes go by and about six minutes go by. The Knights are leading one to nothing. They've had an outstanding first period. They outshot Guelph 11-5. They were just the right amount of physical. And so they had a lot of momentum to carry into the second. But again, nothing's happening. And you have vehicles that are on the ice as part of the intermission, and they just stay on the ice. And nothing seems to be happening with them, but they're out there. And then word comes down that the door that opens to allow the ice resurfacing machine onto the ice hasn't got power, so it's not able to open. And that's the only way that you can get the ice resurfacing machines out. That's the way the building was designed. It's got to get through that door. And you've got people who are trying to manually open it, but it doesn't happen quickly. And so they're trying to manually open it, and time is ticking, and the nights and the storm are still in their dressing rooms. London Knights general manager Mark Hunter, always looking for solutions. And as they tried to open the door, he thought, okay, well... Here comes the plan B, and he starts mapping out a route so that the ice resurfacing machines can possibly go out the other way, go past the London Knights dressing room. If you have ever taken your kids down and shaken hands with the Knights and high five the Knights as they're going onto the ice, you know the railing that exists that's kind of on a ramp right by there in Budweiser Gardens, right by the door of the Knights dressing room to come out as if the Knights were coming out. And the dimensions, well, they would see what they were as they moved everything out of the way to at least attempt this. And thanks to that plan B, thanks to a whole lot of skillful driving, the ice resurfacing machines may not have had that much clearance, maybe an inch on either side at times, but no wall was touched. No scrape happened on the machines themselves, and they were able to get out, and there was a roar of the crowd. And so Alex Brown, Mark Hunter, all of the off-ice crew, we always say they're the best of the best in junior hockey because they are. And we travel around a lot, 
And every once in a while, you get an example of just how good the crew is in London. Whether it's replacing a pane of glass, I'd put them in a race against anybody because they're fastest. And now getting ice resurfacing machines out a door that they were never designed to get out of. But they did. There wasn't a scratch. They got the job done. And by the start of the second period, the door was back open. And they were able to get out the regular door and flood the ice from there. So before we close out this edition of the night shift, congratulations to Knights general manager, Mark Hunter, to game day operations and director of marketing, Alex Brown, and to the entire off ice crew at Budweiser Gardens for a job well done. Three and three for the London Knights. It begins in Peterborough, and our coverage starts at 6.30. Follow Kyle Grimard on socials at Kyle, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. Follow me, Mike Stubbs, at Stubbs980, and we will talk more about the London Knights as we recap the weekend on our next episode. Enjoy it. Enjoy it.